You're listening to Make It Big, a podcast about all things e-commerce, created by Big Commerce. Hey everyone, thanks for joining the Make It Big podcast. I'm Melissa Dixon, I'm Director of Content Marketing here at Big Commerce, and I'm super excited about today's episode. We're gonna be talking all about holiday retail trends and predictions for the 2021 holiday season. So today, to discuss that with me, I've got Brian Merritt. He's VP of Revenue at Trustpilot. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Melissa, thank you so much for having me today. I'm thrilled to be on the Make a Big Podcast and excited to have a nice conversation with you. Well, I'm so happy you're here. Before we get started, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do at Trustpilot? Sure, my pleasure. So for those who don't know, Trustpilot is the world's leading review platform. We're open to all. So any consumer can leave a review and any company can collect a review. As the head of revenue, it's my responsibility to make sure that our customers are enjoying our free product, our free offering, and that uh, we convert those customers to enjoy more of our paid offerings around sentiment analysis, review collection, and displaying those reviews along the way, making sure they understand how our content integrity team works to have the veracity and authentication of their reviews on Trustpilot.com. Yeah, and I know you're super passionate about customer experience, so I'm really excited to dig in today and discuss that in relation to the upcoming holiday season. And just for the benefit of our listeners, part of the reason you're here today is that Trustpilot recently published its holiday report, which is full of some amazing data insights and predictions for the 2021 holiday season. And of course, Big Commerce contributed to that report with some of our own data insights. So thank you for your partnership there. I'm really excited to just talk to you and take a deeper dive into some of the top trends that we're seeing and considerations for our audience for the upcoming holiday season. Let's dig in. And I think a great place to start would be talking about, you know, how last year's holiday season brought a surge in online shopping. It was the biggest online holiday shopping season to date. Recently, Big Commerce partnered with PayPal to conduct a survey, and we found that since the beginning of the pandemic, 62.5% of shoppers have reported spending more online than in person, which of course makes sense. However, we know that that desire for in-store shopping is still there. And I think the question really is, now that many brick and mortar stores are opening up again, what can we expect to see this year in terms of that hybrid retail experience? When I think about this year's holiday experience, the word that comes to mind is seamless. You know, we've talked a lot in the past about Omnichannel, but now Omnichannel is more than just where you're selling, but it's also how they're doing pickup, how they're doing returns. Is it curbside? Is it in-store? Is it buy online, pick up in-store, buy online delivery? There are so many different options at both ends of, of the purchase process, you know, from where consumers start, mobile, desktop, potentially even voice, to where they end, and that's curbside or buy online or ship to home or delivery, or enjoy the experience, because it's not all about physical goods, it's about experience as well. And when I look forward to this, yet again, another unpredictable year, I think across the retail spectrum, we have a better understanding of the risk mitigation tools that we need to put in place. So as customers come back to the stores and they want to come back into stores, unlike last year, where we were all figuring it out, this year we've kind of figured it out. We understand what it means to have customers come in our stores in these trying times, these interesting times. And that's why the in-store experience is going to be even more crucial than ever. Your customers want to see it as a value add. Why am I going into their store? What am I getting there? Do I pick it up? Do I touch it? Customer service you know, is obviously huge. We'll get into that a little later on. But again, the key word for this holiday season is seamless. 
Yeah, I love that. I couldn't pick a better word, I think, to sum it up with. And I love that you brought up to the idea of last year, it's merchants didn't know what they didn't know last year. And now you have the tools, you have to put them in place. It really is like you're saying to meeting your customers where they are, sell where they shop, explore new channels. Over the last year or so at Big Commerce, I know we've launched Checkout on Instagram, partnerships with Walmart Marketplace, Mercado Libre, and of course there's more of those to come. And we're seeing strong early adoption from those merchants who know that omni-channel is really the way to go. What are you seeing as far as channels where we'll see customers shopping more on this holiday season and or how can merchants best prepare to really meet those shoppers where they are? What's your advice? Pre-pandemic, we'd walk around the office and see some folks on their laptop after lunch doing some shopping and that was okay. But you know, with working from home, that's a little more frequent. But on top of that, they're out and about now, like they weren't last year. So mobile becomes back important. You know, there's definitely an increased usage, mobile usage happening. And the path to purchase is really starting on mobile. I think what's important to keep in mind there is that mobile doesn't necessarily mean app. Mobile can also mean a great mobile friendly website. You might want to get that app up and running and that's important, but having an awesome mobile experience is just as important. And along with that comes social. In our holiday report, roughly 55%, 54.8%, I think is the exact number, of respondents said that they were using social media to discover new products and new purchases. As we all spent last year upgrading our homes and doing more and more around the house and things like that, sharing that becomes more interesting and where you're buying becomes more interesting. And as a result, marketplaces become more interesting. Those locations where you can go and you can buy a variety of products at one become a place where people need to think about how they're addressing their, you know, selling their products or then addressing their consumers. And the last part about addressing your consumers is you need to think about reviews across all of your channels because people are looking for social proof. So whether it's Facebook reviews, Google reviews, Trustpilot reviews, that's all considered part of that social proof and social media. So it's really important that you think about those channels where your consumers are operating. It's not just Instagram. Yes, Instagram is a big part of it, but it's not just Instagram. And we, and, you know, we all want to make sure we don't fall into the Insta-only trap but looking across the spectrum at all your channels and making sure your reviews look good everywhere and authentically represent your business and your products is key. Of course, we've talked about the importance of omni-channel commerce, but I think it's still important to really look at the data and see where your audience shops. The message is not get on every channel. It's more so look at the data, see where your audience is, and go through those channels. What's really just important for the holiday season is for people to revisit that omni-channel or multi-channel strategy and take a closer look. There may have been channels that you discounted earlier on that now, if you're trying to reach more people and drive more traffic, maybe the holiday season is the right time. You know, just to add to that, I think there's still an element of being a little bit selective and being very strategic about which of those channels that merchants decide to break into. So I think I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about customer experience and customer service. We know that with even more competition, higher consumer expectations, that merchants really need to be prepared more than ever. And at Big Commerce, we talk a lot about creating a frictionless purchase experience, basically removing all of the barriers to purchase from the entire experience, from the UX to the shipping and fulfillment to the post-purchase experience. And that is, of course, so crucial 
during the holidays. So I'd love to get your perspective on how customer service fits into that frictionless shopping experience. And what do merchants really need to take into account with customer service during the holidays? Customer service, we all think about it as a reactive thing. It's something that happens post-transaction. How do we solve this? Customer service actually starts during the buying process. The bots that pop up on site and how are we supporting buyers to make that purchase decision and advance through our funnels. Customer service at all touch points, it isn't post-purchase, it isn't post-delivery. It starts with, do you have this size? Do you have this color? Where can I find this on your site? Where can I find this? I heard about that. The bot aspect becomes important there. At Trustpilot, we ask for reviews from our customers all the time. 30 days post-purchase, after your renewal, and things like that, after certain experiences with our team. And asking for those reviews is, is part of that customer service experience because you need to bolster that. Yes, it was great. I got to chat with Melissa and she resolved my problem. How do I know that? So having that pop up saying, hey, how was your experience with Melissa? What could we have done better? Customer service or customer service, so to speak. You know, when we think about our analysis that we ran over 30 million reviews that were taken during holiday, customer service comes up. When it comes to positive reviews, excellent service and fast delivery were the most common two-word phrases used in positive reviews. Customer service was also in positive reviews, one of the top two or three mentioned phrases. Interestingly enough, it was also mentioned in negative reviews. 20% of negative reviews talked about customer service. So we might all think that people are leaving reviews about our products. They're leaving reviews about our people and our tools and how we're helping them and how we're supporting them just as much. So, you know, good customer service can make or break customer experience. And if you have a bad customer service experience, what's the probability that you're going to go back and buy again from that company? Pretty low. Zero. Zero, exactly. <laughs> think about what your customer acquisition costs are and what you could do if you reinvested that into a great customer experience. And as you said, delight your customers, surprise them, make them happy with the experience. That's great. And I also, you know, you, you mentioned reviews, which are your area of expertise. Let's talk really about what the role of the review is in the larger experience. I think not just as far as the customer service aspect of it, but the larger shopping experience. What is the role that the review really plays in that? Yeah, so it's great. The review plays an interesting role. We work so hard as brands to get our narrative out there and how we want to describe ourselves. The review is how the customer describes us. And at every point in the purchase process, consumers are looking at reviews, whether it's the first time I come across a company, I want to check them out. I saw an advertisement on TV, Instagram, et cetera. Let me go check this out. Company name plus reviews, brand name plus reviews is one of the highest search terms on Google. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Especially when consumers are trying to discover brands. So then when we think about that aspect of it, consumers are looking for independence and they're looking for third-party validation. It's great that you say that your company's awesome. It's better if someone else says you're awesome. And working with a company like Trustpilot, you can get that third-party validation that starts with when they Google you in search engine results. It continues with on-site. When I land on that homepage, is there a trust score or trust signal or trust badge on your homepage there saying that this is still a good company? As you're going through products and those reviews, those product reviews, again, reinforcing my decision by product A or B from you. And then at checkout, what trust signal do I have at checkout to say, I want to complete this purchase. I want to make this happen. Is there just a small little widget that says, don't worry, you're good here. What's the trust score? What's the trust signal that you're looking at? And then that leads to the beautiful virtuous cycle of reviews where they then 
you invite it to leave a review, and they then help bolster your brand and your, your presence online by leaving that review. Trust signals. I like that. And is then it is the merchant's job to make sure that those trust signals are visible and evident throughout the entire shopping experience and even more so during the holidays. One thing I'd like to spend all the merchants on this podcast do is Google your brand name plus reviews. If you're afraid to do that, give Trustpilot a call. If you don't like what you see, give Trustpilot a call. We've got a lot of tools out there that can help you collect authentic reviews and hopefully give you an accurate representation online of what you look like. Good advice, good advice. Yeah, we find that when consumers see a company is rated five stars or 5.0, that doesn't pass the sniff test. No company is that good. Even some of the best companies out there aren't that good. We might all idolize Apple, but even they have places where they make missteps. They correct it, but even some of the superlative companies out there. So what we find is that most consumers really trust companies that are in that kind of 4.3 to 4.5 range, where they really are letting some of their issues be known and that's where it gets back to what you're going to do about it. And replying to reviews becomes paramount. It's not just, hey, I bought this product from this company and it didn't arrive on time. But to see for a consumer who reads that review, that's one experience. But the consumer who reads the review that says, hey, I bought this product. It didn't arrive on time. And the company replies to it saying, hey, we're sorry about that. We've resent it out. We're reexamining our shipping policies. We're looking at things. That then balances out, hey, we had a bad experience with this company, but they followed up and they did the right thing. And that's what we want to see. We want to see that part where it's like, this company cares. And that's where the power reviews for companies becomes more and more important because brands can gain consumer insight from their reviews to deliver better products and services. Trustpilot believes in this virtuous cycle of consumers providing feedback for better experiences for brands, for better experiences for consumers. If I know what my consumers are doing, and I'm taking that feedback to heart, I can then use that to improve my products and services to them. And it's this virtuous cycle where we keep raising the bar and that's great because that means that consumers are loving our experiences, our products, our offerings more and more. We're getting better and hopefully taking a little bit of market share along the way. Well, I wanted to get into a little bit more about some of the consumer buying patterns we've seen as far as categories and verticals. I know from our data at BigCommerce, so far in 2021, we've seen categories like health and beauty performing really strongly. That one I know had a 58% increase in conversion rates year over year. What else, what are your predictions on types of products or categories that consumers will be shopping heavily in this holiday season? You know, this year, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm speaking for myself at least. And I think for a fair number of people out there, pretty thankful to have made it through last year. Yeah. As a result, we're looking for a way to give back. And that leads to mission-driven businesses, ethical giving, things like that. They're going to continue to grow. And companies that are doing the right thing and trying to do the right thing and trying to make that small difference become important. And it's a three-way, you know, think about buying a gift for someone and you're not only buying them a gift, but then you have the feel good that that company is doing something good for someone else. And the person you're buying the gift for also understands that someone else has benefited. There's a lot of different layers to that ethical giving and the giving back. One of our customers, Bomba, is there where you buy a pair, give a pair, is their philosophy. And so every time I buy a pair of socks on bombas.com, they are going to donate a pair to a needy family or a needy charity. I'm not going to lie. I probably own too many socks right now because it probably felt a little good that I was giving back in a little way. But consumers want to do that. And it's giving back. It's sustainable operations. It's corporate social responsibility. Those are all important elements. And touting those things the right way is important. We forget about companies that are giving back to the environment and on the homepage above the fold, maybe not. 
that's like kind of bragging about it, but in a subtle way saying, hey, just remember that we give backpacks away, we give socks away, we contribute our profits here. Consumers want to support those businesses more and more, as we're, in my opinion, thankful for what happened in the past kind of 18 months. And then buyback programs. I think it's another area that gets interesting is where, yeah. is where you're mm-hmm. going to buy back and, and do secondhand gifting. So that kind of gets to an interesting place. And then we start thinking about generational gifting and going online as I'm going to buy something for my mother. So sure, I may not be the teacup store's prime demo, but I am in some ways because I'm buying them for my mother who isn't a teacup. Right. Right. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier in terms of identifying those channels. It may or may mm-hmm. not make sense to advertise in certain channels, but you think about who your consumers are and who your buyers are. Right. Not just who's receiving your product, but who's buying your product. That's what gets interesting is when you start looking at that generational type stuff. Yeah. I was just going to interject and say that I had such a just fascinating conversation with this woman a couple episodes ago, all about Gen Z and their impact on commerce. And it gets into that whole thing about, you know, mission-driven businesses and how younger shoppers are more and more focused on brand mission. And of course that's key for the holidays, but really beyond that, it's something that businesses definitely need to take seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. because we have this younger generation that is gaining buying power and coming of age. The oldest ones are 24. So now these are people that are starting to shop more and more and things like having a cause and a strong mission and conveying that to your customers are only going to serve to benefit the businesses and the consumers. It's going to help you connect with those customers. So I think that's really interesting for merchants to consider long-term too. Crucial during the holidays, but definitely something to consider long-term. Yeah, no, 100%, especially those folks, to your point, are growing up and gaining that buying power. I don't want to say they're cynical, but there's a certain amount of cynicism there. So, you know, the fact that you launch a give back program during holiday is great. They'd really like to see that as a year round program. Correct. It's because the authenticity has to be there. Yeah. And for those listeners who are interested in this, tune in to, I believe it was episode four featuring Hannah Ben Shabbat, all about Gen Z. Definitely a super interesting conversation. But to get back to the holiday season, I think, you know, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing with maybe where are luxury brands right now or what about experience-based gifting? I know you have a perspective on that, so I'd love to hear it. Yeah, you know, we spent so much time away and how many Zoom calls did we have last year where we did our best to enjoy everyone's company, but it's different. I don't know if you caught it, but there was a great viral video of a family that celebrated all the holidays they missed last year in one day. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, they went through 15 minutes on the 4th of July, 15 minutes on birthdays, 15 minutes on Christmas, 15 minutes on Thanksgiving. But throughout the way, they were gift giving. If your birthday was there, Melissa, here's your present from all of us. Great. Happy birthday. And you got a pile. And then the Christmas all in one day. And that's really what, you know, whether it's having some pent up demand and they're buying higher priced luxury goods or just bigger celebrations equal bigger gift giving. I think that might be the family celebrating all the holidays. It might be in the extreme end. But fundamentally, we're trying to make up for that lost time. And, and through that, you know, comes out luxury brands, comes out high ticket items. And then, you know, experience-based gifting gets interesting. As you know, we talked about the stores opening up in retail and brick and mortar becoming and adapting to the new environment we're in, experiences are also adapting. Right. You know, I was lucky enough to go to the Eagles concert last week. Point was, we went to an indoor show where everyone was vaccinated. It was a phenomenal experience. And that kind of stuff that experience providers are understanding and are starting to give or figure out how do we get people to do an experience that's not sending you some ingredients to make bread, but getting everyone together that has been paid right. to do something. So that, that experience becomes 
huge and companies have adopted just like we've adopted to what it means to shop in the physical presence. These companies have adopted how their experiences work. And I think that's going to be more and more because we didn't have many experiences last year. I don't think I'm alone in saying that. We kind of all had the same experience of staring at a, a laptop monitor for several hours a day. So I think that the experience side of it shouldn't be underlooked and how you weave your product into an experience is huge. That all goes together with the mission and the storytelling and all of those pieces need to be there. I think it's it's all about for the holiday season, based on what we've seen with the data and based on what we know in our respective fields, it's the whole package. Customers this season, they want the whole package. They wanna be surprised and delighted and they want that purchase experience to be entirely frictionless and they also wanna be delighted with storytelling and content and all of that. You know, one thing I did want to ask you about, what are you seeing in terms of when shoppers are buying this season? There's the saying, we always say the holidays are coming earlier and earlier every year. When is peak purchase and peak review time during the holidays from your perspective? The retailers are pulling things earlier. You know, consumers experienced a lot of shipping delays and product delays in 2020. And as a result, they're probably buying earlier. Cyber Monday will still be a big day, but there are going to be days before that that are going to be even bigger now. I forget what days they are. They're talking about the Cyber 5 now, and there are kind of five different days that become relevant. I think that's actually going to lead to a different set of problems because if we all say we're buying earlier, we're going to cause the same kind of pent-up demand, but at least we'll get our products in time, unlike last year. So I think that's a big element there. I think merchants are experiencing promotion fatigue. Last year, it was about how do we keep the lights on and what kind of offers do we need to keep people spending? I think this year it's going to be about, hey, I actually need to get back to making a profit here and making some margin and being able to grow my business. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier, get a bigger basket out of the event. That's where the review collection, the spike in reviews is going to happen. The service reviews happen you know, the next day following it. So you know you want to make sure you're on top of that. But product reviews tend to happen you know, seven to 14 days later. You want to give consumers a chance to not just have received the product, but then have enjoyed the product. We have lots of conversations with our customers as to when they should actually send that review out. And for a furniture company, it actually makes sense to wait a little while. That couch you just bought, you're going to need to sit on it for a few weeks before you really enjoy it. But if it's a piece of clothing, I'm going to enjoy that right away. So I can leave that review right away. So understanding where you should ask for reviews in your cycle is pretty important. But there is absolutely going to be that spike and you need to prepare for it. I guess I'm just wondering, do sometimes do those reviews get lost in the fray during the holiday season, or do you find that people are actually more active with them? The key is, as much as everyone's planning right now for their promotion offerings, for their shipping plans, for their product offerings, you need to also be planning for your review collection and reply strategy as well. That makes sense. Build it into the strategy so that it doesn't get left by the wayside. Yeah. And then I think it's all about, as you review at the end of the year, as you plan for 2022, then taking those into consideration, how can you apply those learnings as part of your strategy moving into the new year as well? So I'm curious, do you have any sort of best practices or any sort of successful strategies you've seen with taking the holiday review findings and moving into the new year? Just curious if you have customers that have really done that well and how they've done that. Yeah, we've got a number of customers who do do that. And I think that the key is, Leveraging the sentiment analysis tools that Trustpilot offers to really get that deep dive into what you're doing. We had a customer introduce a subscription model as part of their product offering. And you know, they realized that they had the spike on the fifth of the month around people having issues with payment. Well, that's when they did their auto billing. And they realized that they weren't providing customers with enough notice 
They were, you know, and just a simple email that just said, hey, just remind me your car's going to be built tomorrow or next week. And suddenly that negativity went down. They didn't see the unsubscribe rates or the cancellation rates they expected, but customers felt jarred when they got built again. That's one example. But the product side of the house is huge because you're doing your product development. You probably started it now for 2022, but definitely by January, February, you're doing it for 2022. So getting that feedback onto what elements of your products worked well, what elements of your service worked well, it can take a while to swap out a carrier if you're not happy with your freight carrier or if you want to add freight carrier options. What does it mean to offer overnight delivery? What's that going to cost us? It's going to take some time to do that cost-benefit analysis. So doing that review analysis as you're doing part of your postmortem in January is huge in, in you know, putting that reminder that you know we need to think about alternative shipping options. We need to think about additional colors and sizes if you're offering different products. What are those intangibles you can do in blending the review data with what you're finding from your customer experience team is super helpful. You know, you've got some on the ground, on the boots, understanding of what issues people are calling in for, but then where did that get elevated and where did someone go through the time and effort to leave a review? That effort that people leave reviews, good or bad, is significant. I think we all see it. We're asked more and more to leave a review, you know, whether it's an in-app quick star rating based on something, whether it's a post customer service call text that you get, or whether it's an email from delivery. The review ecosystem is, is pretty broad. You start thinking about that, and that's where independent platforms like Trustpilot come into play. It's one thing when you ask for a review about your company using your own tools. It's another thing when you have a third party validate that through the tools that we offer in terms of consumer content integrity and things like that. Those are probably some of the key areas. We've covered so much today. I feel like we've covered quite a bit and so many good pieces of advice and tactics and long-term strategies, I think, for merchants for the holidays and beyond. If you were to leave our listeners with, say, one key takeaway as they prepare for the holiday season, what would that be? One key takeaway. No pressure here, Melissa. We can make predictions with the data insights we have, but the reality is it's still uncertain times. And you know, you just touched on it. Long-term planning. We're planning for this holiday season, but we don't know what next year holds either. So let's take those learnings and make sure we're applying them to our long-term strategy. And you know, the way you can do that is by remaining agile. Make sure that if you're agile, you'll be successful in this holiday season and coming out of it, summer season and next holiday season. Remaining agile is going to be key, I think, over the next, hopefully, 6 to 12 months, maybe, 24, 36 months. We'll see how this thing all plays out. Hope spring's eternal, right? So hopefully it's just this holiday season. But, but that agileness and that unpredictability is causing companies a lot of consternation. So remaining flexible is key. Absolutely. I also think that another great takeaway, at least what I've gotten out of your responses and your insights, seamless, the one word. It's the one word for that shopping experience. That's what it needs to be. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different companies, but I think just doing everything you can to remove friction, remove those barriers to purchase, that's the key to success for the holiday season. I really enjoyed what we've talked about today and you gave such great advice. So I would love to know where can our listeners connect with you, either with you or with Trustpilot? Where can they connect with you if they want to learn more? I'd love for folks to connect with us uh, you know, on Twitter or LinkedIn at, at Trustpilot. We've got an amazing team that we're really beneficial. We're a global company. So we've got 24-7 coverage on those platforms. So you reach out to us. We'll be getting back to you promptly. 
we've got this great holiday report that we worked on with big commerce and some other partners, but, you know, getting that into, into your hands, into retailers' hands is pretty important. It's, it's full of a lot of data, a lot of insights. I know you and I talked about a lot today, Melissa, but that report has, you know, kind of where the rubber meets the road and the stats and the details that that's so important as you try and get buy-in for different programs. Um, so you can head over to business.trustpilot.com uh, to check out the holiday report. Um, business.trustpilot or even trustpilot.com for businesses in the upper right hand corner works. If you're a big commerce retailer, of course, you can find us in the big commerce app store. So check us out there. If you're interested in exploring more and finding out how Trustpilot can support you and your review collection and the social proof that comes along with that, I encourage you to, to leverage the big commerce app store to find us. Yes, absolutely. I second that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. I really appreciate the thoughtful discussion and I think that our listeners will get a lot out of this. So thanks again. My pleasure, Melissa. Thank you again so much for having me and best of luck to everyone out there this year. We're all rooting for you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening to the Make It Big podcast. Want even more insights and expert advice? Experience our Make It Big conference, now available on demand. You'll get e-commerce tips and strategies from global thought leaders like Mark Cuban, Ann Handley, and Neil Patel, plus big commerce partners like Google, TikTok, and more. Watch today at bigcommerce.com slash make it big. Mm-hmm.